This morning on 10 Minutes with Jim, as our alphabetical journey along Route 66 continues, we have a very diverse program. I'm glad that you could join us for an adventure that will take us from Oklahoma to Illinois to a ghost town in Missouri and on a quest for arrowheads. In a few weeks, we'll be adding some spice to the adventure by sitting down with a few of the colorful and passionate people that give Route 66 such a sense of infectious enthusiasm and sharing their story. You won't want to miss these special programs. Of course, before we hit the road, it seems important to set the mood, and for that, I give a shout-out to Joe and the boys of the road crew for our theme song, as well as road trip inspiring tunes. Take a listen at roadcrew66.com. And I need to give a shout-out to this morning's sponsor, Grand Canyon Caverns and Inn, my go-to place when I need a slice of delicious, fresh-baked pie to relax and unwind on a quiet evening under a desert sky or to simply rediscover what makes Route 66 special. Check out their website at gccaverns.com for more details about all that they have to offer. And of course, this program and Jim Hinckley's America are also made possible through support of our crowdfunding initiative on the Patreon platform, patreon.com slash America. Hey, our first stop this morning is Arcadia, Oklahoma, home of Pops and the world-famous Round Barn. Here's a little tidbit of trivia for you. A guidebook to Route 66 published in 1946 noted an historic marker on the east side of town that commemorated the encampment of U.S. Rangers this site in the fall of 1832. One of those Rangers was Washington Irving, the author of Rip Van Winkle. The community of Arcadia was large enough to warrant a post office by 1890. Farming was the economic foundation of the community until development of the postal road system and the Ozark Trails Highway in the mid-teens. This sparked the establishment of a service industry that expanded just a bit with certification of Route 66 in 1926. By 1946, there was an auto court, cafe, gas station, and general store. Arcadia was also home to Lions Park, a recreational center with swimming pool and dance pavilion that also hosted events such as circuses. It was unique during the glory days of Route 66, a time of segregation, in that it was almost exclusively used by the African-American community in nearby Oklahoma City. For the modern Route 66 adventure, Arcadia is known for two landmarks. The round barn, 60 feet in diameter and 43 feet in height, that was built by William Oder in 1899. Luke Robinson and an army of volunteers resurrected the barn from a near ruin in the 1980s, and today it serves as a venue for events as well as a visitor center. The second landmark is representative of the modern era on Route 66. Pops is a blending of 1950s malt shop with hundreds of different kinds of soda pop on sale and a space-age gas station that seems futuristic. And out front, fittingly, is a 66-foot-tall LED-lit pop bottle with a straw. Now loosen the belt for the next stop. It's the one and only Ariston Cafe in Litchfield, Illinois. The Ariston Cafe was founded by Pete Adam, a Greek immigrant that had worked as a sheep herder in New Mexico and as a coal miner before opening his restaurant in Carlinville, Illinois in 1924. The original cafe was located on Route 4, predecessor of historic Route 66. 
1929, the cafe was relocated to Litchfield, Illinois, and moved to its presence location on Route 66 in 1935. Beginning in 1966, Pete's son Nick and his wife Demi took the helm of the restaurant and ensured that it maintained the level of excellence that had made the restaurant famous. In 1992, the Ariston Cafe and the Adam family were inducted into the Illinois Route 66 Hall of Fame. In May 2006, the cafe was listed in the National Register of Historic Places by the State of Illinois and the National Park Service. In July 2018, the family tradition came to an end. The cafe was purchased by the current owners, Will and Michelle Law, and their partners, Marty and Kara Steffens, all from Litchfield. The new owners have done a commendable job of changing absolutely nothing. And that takes us to a fascinating little ghost town in Missouri, Arlington, that's marooned on a truncated alignment of Route 66 along the Little Piney River. This is a favorite spot of mine. This town has an interesting history. Stony Dell Resort opened here in 1932. The resort included a stylish and modern hotel, a hundred foot long swimming pool, cabins, and a restaurant. Unfortunately, most of the complex was raised during construction of I-44 in 1967. Here's a little Route 66 trivia for you. In 1931, state highway officials gathered in Arlington to celebrate the laying of the last mile of concrete that made Route 66 an all-weather highway in the Show Me State of Missouri. To celebrate, workers tossed coins into the wet cement. I wonder if they're still there. I've mentioned this before. But most everything along Route 66 in New Mexico is old, or at the very least, it has some very old roots. Such is the case, is, such is the case with our Mijal, now a suburb of Albuquerque along the pre-1937 alignment south of the city. The namesake for this village was Jose de Armejo, who began farming here in 1695. A post office opened in 1883, closed in 1886, and reopened in 1906. In 1909, this became a branch of the Albuquerque Post Office. And that, my friends, takes us to arrowhead hunting. We'll start with Arrowhead Camp. This was a collection of cabins with a cafe, store, gas station, and an area for trailer parking and showers along the pre-1937 alignment of Route 66 in New Mexico near Glorieta Pass. This camp actually predates Route 66 by at least a year or two and provided service to travelers on the National Old Trails Road. As this is a popular recreation area, it survived the highway's bypass and thrived at least into the 1950s. Today, the forest is fastly reclaiming the old tumble-down old cabins and the store and makes for a great photo op. Then there's Arrowhead Liquors at 318 East 2nd Street in Winslow. As of 2017, this bar and liquor store that opened in 1933 was still in business. And the Arrowhead Lodge, with Rex Gobble as proprietor, that opened at 2010 East Santa Fe Avenue in Flagstaff, Arizona. But that was back in 1936. As with most motels and auto courts, to survive and remain relevant, there was a series of expansions, improvements, and changes made through the years. As an example, in 1959 it went through a major facelift, and the new owners renamed it Gaslight Motel. 
advertised it with a friendly glow that's difficult to leave and impossible to forget. In the 1960s, it was renamed the Twilight Motel, and as of a year or so ago, it was still in business as the Arrowhead Lodge and Departments. Last but not least, we have the Arrowhead Trail, referenced in some early guidebooks as the Arrowhead Highway. Dating to sometime around 1913, this was the first road that connected Salt Lake City with Los Angeles, which had been built as an automotive highway. From, from Los Angeles to Goffs, California, it shared a roadbed with the National Old Trails Highway. It contributed to the growth of Ludlow as a major transportation hub. During this period, in addition to the Arrowhead Highway and the National Old Trails Road, the Santa Fe, Atchison, and Topeka Railroad had a maintenance facility in Ludlow. Aside from the main line that connected Chicago with Los Angeles, there was a busy spur line that ran south to some major mines. It was also the junction for the Tonopah and Tidewater Railroad that connected the mining boom towns of Rhyolite, Goldfield, and other small towns in Nevada. Well, I think we can squeeze in one more this morning. So we'll go to California and the Oraro Seco Parkway, which was named the uh, Pasadena Freeway after 1954. This is the only national scenic byway fully encompassed by a major metropolitan area. It was also the first modern limited access freeway west of the Mississippi River. Its opening on December 1st, 1940 represented the culmination of decades of long negotiations and planning between the city of Los Angeles and Pasadena to move traffic from congested city streets. Shortly after its opening, Route 66 was rerouted along the parkway to Sunset Boulevard. On January 1st, 1964, Route 66 was truncated and the western terminus was set at the parkway in Colorado uh, Boulevard in Pasadena. This lasted until December 31st, 1974. On January 1st, 1975, the western terminus for the highway was set as the Colorado River that served as the border between California and Arizona. Before we wrap up this episode, I would like to say thank you to Sam for his editing skills and provide a couple of quick updates. Murder and Mayhem on the Main Street of America, Tales from Bloody 66, my new book, is now available for pre-order on Amazon.com. It's been a long time in coming, and I'm really excited to see this finally out. This book is a sort of a macabre east-to-west geographical trip along Route 66 from Chicago to Santa Monica. It's really a series of short stories woven around the communities and famous places along Route 66. A few of the stories predate the highway by a bit, and others are rooted in the years before certification of Route 66. As an example, Route 66 travelers today often avoid the big cities out of fear of violence. Wait until you hear the stories about Chicago's taxi wars between 1917 and 1930. Hey, I'll share more about the book next week and provide updates on the schedule for presentations and travel, book signings, and appearances. And of course, you can also find more information at jimhinkleysamerica.com. Hey, that's it for this week. Until we meet again, my friends, here's to grand adventures and safe travels. Adios.